We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rippy Writes with Brian Scott. Transcripts can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have. What's up on a Thursday? I'm Brian Scott Rippy. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippy Writes podcast powered by Twisted Tea. Today, it is our Oxford Ortho Letterman's Lounge Athlete of the Week. We have Ole Miss great Nate Wayne on the show today. We talked about how Nate went from a lightly recruited kid out of Knoxby County to a standout player at Ole Miss, and then on to winning the Super Bowl in his rookie year and carving out a great NFL career, plus a little bit of life after football and him coming back to Oxford this weekend. Awesome guy, super sharp. I really enjoyed this interview. I think he will too. Before we get to that, though, I want to take a quick break to remind you. This podcast is brought to you by Rent the Sip Oxford. Rent the Sip Oxford's turn unit is located off of Old Taylor Road. It sleeps eight comfortably. It's gated. It includes amenities such as a pool, tennis courts, and a sauna. It's a terrific location, less than a mile from the Ole Miss campus. Straight shot to Swayze Field. Straight shot basically, to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, and of course, right after that, the Grove as well. Check it out today. It can be tough to find availability on big weekends in Oxford. Rent the Sip Oxford has you covered. Maybe you're just passing through on a random weeknight. Maybe you're coming up for a weeknight basketball game, and you don't want to mess for the hotel. Rent the Sip Oxford has you covered. Go online to rentthesipoxford.com to check availability today. If you use the promo code RIPPYWRITES, that is R-I-P-P-E-E, writes, all W-R-I-T-E-S, you get 100 bucks off any two-night stay. Check them out. Rent the Sip Oxford. Com. This podcast is also brought to you by Seaspire. Time to upgrade your home internet to the best service in the market with Seaspire Home Fiber. The past few years have proven how important it is to have reliable home internet connection for you and your family. That's why Seaspire Home provides the most reliable internet service with 99.99% uptime. Seaspire also prides themselves with best customer service in the home internet market. Their customer service is award-winning, local, based out of the Southeast with industry low call wait time. Seaspire provides 1 gigabit and 300 megabit internet packages to homes across Mississippi, Birmingham, and Southern Alabama regions. Seaspire is also proud to announce the release of their brand new 2 gigabit and 8 gigabit home internet plans. Save yourself the hassle by not waiting for your internet connection to drop with the other guys. Call or go online to cspire.com home today and use promo code RIPPY, R-I-P-P-E-E, and you'll get one month of free service. So you get a free month of internet service and the best internet service in the market just for listening to this podcast. How about that? Check them out. Seaspire, customer inspired. Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. Unfortunately, life doesn't always come with an instruction manual. That's why BetterHelp is the world's largest online therapy service connecting over a million clients with licensed online therapists, quick, easy, and affordable 
You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. You can switch therapists at any time. And you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Take care of your mental health today. Go online to betterhelp.com and get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash MPW to get 10% off your first month. This podcast is brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, glad you asked. So the world's best gambling handicapping website, the inventors of the Skybox Matrix Center, an advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. Check them out today. Skybox is rolling with their college football and NFL picks packages. Don't be that guy that loses a bunch of money based off their own leans. Skybox is a full proven method. They'll send you a color-coded pick spreadsheet divided up by units, and boom, you're all of a sudden more equipped to profit than before signing up for Skybox. Make this football season a profitable one. Check it out, skyboxsportspicks.com. Use the promo code RIPPY, R-I-P-P-E-E, and get 20% off any picks package. Check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. Podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. Go see Greg if you're a Rippy Wright subscriber. That's rippywrights.substack.com. Get a free newsletter from me and discounted meats right now. It's three six-ounce bacon-wrapped fillets. For 20 bucks, that's about a $40 valuation you're getting there for 20 bucks. Go in there, show Greg proof of subscription. He'll get you set up. Then go find all your own favorites at the most delicious butcher shop in the world. Check them out, LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. All right, here is Nate Wayne. All right, we now welcome on the Oxford Ortho Letterman's Lounge Athlete of the Week, Ole Miss great Nate Wayne. How are we doing, man? I appreciate you joining us. Doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing well. This is exciting for me. Um, these it's been great doing these Oxford Ortho Letterman's Lounge guys. It kind of helps me relive my childhood going to Ole Miss games. So for you, you come out of Noxaby, which when I was short time I was covering recruiting, that was firmly Mississippi State country. How'd you end up at Ole Miss? <laughs> Man, that's a long story. I don't think we have enough time. <laughs> um, well, it, it goes back to uh, my high school coach, uh, Coach uh, James T. Thomas. He um he convinced me to uh to play football. Actually, I wasn't a fan of football. Basketball was my favorite sport. Um, I know that sounds like a song, but it actually was. And he and Billy Brewer, you know, they had a pretty good relationship. They grew up together and they used to coach together. And he convinced Billy to um, Coach Brewer to give me a a scholarship. And and I'm forever grateful, and I'm glad he did. <laughs> So you mentioned he convinced you, he convinced Billy to give you a scholarship. Were you highly recruited or were you kind of a late bloomer where you were trying to catch on at a, you know, a bigger program? Uh, no, I, um, I was, yeah, I was a late bloomer. I wasn't highly recruited. Um, I didn't even think I would even be, you know, be playing football. You know, I, I would I didn't care to get recruited in football. It just, it just sort of happened. And so when you actually get to Ole Miss, right, there's a coaching change, right? You come in and you actually play for Coach Tuberville. What was that like for you? I know it, it sounds like it happened very fast. You get recruited by one guy, and then all of a sudden the, the, the next guy is coaching you. Did that affect you at all? What was it like enduring a coaching change as you get to Ole Miss? No, it, it didn't affect me because, um, let me see, when Coach Brewer left, then Coach Jolie Dunn took over. He was the head coach for the 94 season. And then uh, Tuberville got there in, I think, 95. So it wasn't much of a um, a, a, a big uh, transition I had to go through. You know, it was uh, just, you know, just kind of pick up where you left off, so to speak, and just try to, you know, put the train back on the tracks and keep this thing going. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so when you get to Ole Miss, what is that transition like for you? When do you kind of find yourself as a football player and kind of realize, okay, I'm good at this and I actually have a future at this? <laughs> I think it was um, when I actually uh, moved to linebacker uh, after my freshman year and, and I made one play and I was like, okay, maybe I could do this. So it was kind of, uh, you know, learning on the run, so to speak. But um, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a good learning, learning curve for me. And um, it taught me that, you know, if you put your mind to something, you really, you really can accomplish good things. What was it about the move to linebacker that you, that you kind of had a knack for? What was it about the position and how do how, why did you adjust so well to that position? Well, I, I think it was just the, the, um, the fact of actually going after the ball, you know, I kind of tried to simplify uh, football in, in my mind a little bit, just say, Hey, if just go after the ball, wherever the ball is, just, just be at the ball, do what you have to do to get to the ball. And, and that bought me some time until I actually learned how to take on blocks, how to uh, read different schemes, things of that nature. So that was it. That was the way I, I bought myself some time during my learning curve. You and the group you came in with, that recruiting class and the one after that, was a pretty pivotal time for Ole Miss because that wasn't the most uh, smooth time in the Ole Miss program, right, with the NCAA troubles and all of that. What was that like playing through that? And could you guys kind of get the sense that you really kind of stabilized it? It could have been a hell of a lot worse with the NCAA stuff, the coaching changes, and you guys really kind of kept the program from bottoming it out. Did you sense that at all in the moment? What was that kind of like? Well, we did in a sense, but we just had the mindset of – you know, we know we're low on scholarships, but we we just wouldn't let anyone outwork us. You know, we were going to be the, the best conditioned team out there on the field if we didn't have the most talent. And and that that won us a lot of games. Um, you know, we we always was in it in the fourth quarter or, or you know, because we didn't have a lot of rotation, you know, at D line, offense line and, and, and linebacker. So we had to be the, the best conditioned team out there on the field. I remember when Ole Miss was going through its NCAA issues post Hugh Freeze and then the Matt Luke era. And I feel like that's something that fans and people that watch it and observe don't really necessarily take into account as much. I remember there was a year, it was either 2017 or 2018, where Ole Miss entered a game with like 50-something scholarship kids between injuries and the scholarship limitations. And you don't think about that when you're watching a four-quarter game on the field. But I remember talking to people who played in that era and a couple of coaches too, and they're like, no, like this sucks. Like we're really limited here. We're really hamstrung. What is that like when you know – you're going to go on the field for, you know, 70, 80 snaps. And it's like, there, there's not a whole lot of rotation. You're out there and you're going to, you're going to stick for the entirety of the game. Well, you know, you're at a disadvantage, but that's something you, you know, you can't hold, you know, you can't use as an excuse. You know, if football is a game of, of toughness and, and that's just a mental uh, tough part of the game that you have to, you have to maintain, you have to acquire that. And, and I just think that that's something that, the Ole Miss football program has just been identified as, you know, just a hard fought, uh, mental tough team. And it's been that way for the, for years. And for you, the, that 97 season where you guys go eight and four motor city bowl, it's kind of the program's return to the postseason return to prominence. That was a really, really good defense. Could you kind of sense the confidence brewing, whether it's through that year or the year before that, Hey, things were starting to come together, starting to turn around and you guys as a program and as a defense are getting back on track. You know, I, I honestly think um, from 94 when we had the chance to leave, you know, up until 97, those were some critical years because 
we had the opportunity to to leave and go somewhere else without you know sitting out. There wasn't no portal back then, but you if you was to transfer, you have to sit out a year. But being on probation back then, we didn't have we didn't have to sit out if we decided to transfer. But we decided to leave. I mean, to stay. A lot of guys. We only had I think one guy to leave, and that was um, Joe Woods. And but we we hung in there. We fought through the coaching changes. Uh, with the torture chamber because we went through some torture. But um, in leading up to that 97 season, that was, I think that was the, uh, the it was it was sort of the, the foundation to where I honestly think what the program is now because had we all decided to leave, who knows where the program would be right now. You know, we'd probably be still recovering, but, but that's the type of uh, talent that Ole Miss recruit. That's the type of talent they... Um, the, the type of guys they recruit, guys that are loyal, guys that are willing to work hard and continue to play and 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 play for the program. Yeah, and it speaks to the chemistry. And I know people talk about chemistry and culture and they think they're just kind of buzzwords and generic terms, but it really matters, particularly in times like that. For you, you get to Ole Miss. You mentioned you're a late bloomer. You weren't highly recruited. I imagine that was a lot of life hitting you at one point where it's like, well, I've been here a year. Now I have the chance to leave because the program's in turmoil. Did you consider leaving at all? What was that? What was that like for you? I imagine it had to be a bit of a whirlwind. It, it was a whirlwind, but I was like, why would I leave? Nobody else wanted me. So where would I go? <laughs> so, so leaving wasn't an option. <laughs> so no, it was, um, you know, that was, that was a time where Ole Miss had really grown on me. And I saw the the, the atmosphere had a chance to live it, you know, and it was like no sense in leaving. Even if someone else would have wanted me, I, I wouldn't have left. Only having one real guy on that defense leave is pretty incredible. I mean, if that happened nowadays, I, I don't even know if that would be possible. You'd have people leaving left and right with how easy it is to transfer in the portal and all of that. What was kind of the momentum and you guys coming together to stay? Was it older guys saying, hey, we're in this together? What was what were those conversations like as a team and as a defense of like, no, we're not leaving. We're going to stick this out. You know, I think it's the um, the relationship and the bond that we all formed with each other. You know, if we were going to leave, everyone wasn't going to leave and go to the same place, to the same school. So and that would have broken up a lot of friendships, a lot of bonds. So we just said, hey, let's just stick here together. We got a bun here. Um, and let's see this thing through. And that's exactly what we did. In that Motor, Motor City Bowl, it's kind of the beauty of the postseason. People kind of like to dilute the importance of bowl games and postseason now, but it's it's it can be a pivotal moment for a program, depending on where they're at trajectory-wise. For you, could you guys sense you know, it's a Motor City Bowl win, but it felt like a hell of a lot more at the time. Could you could sense how significant that day and that moment was for the program and what you guys accomplished? Yeah. I mean, if it, it honestly felt like an Orange Bowl win. You know, it was it was like the, the start of a new beginning for the program, and that's how we felt. And, I mean, look, look what the program has done since then. You know, yeah, we've had some coaching changes, but the mentality – and the mindset, you know, still remains without the program, throughout the program. That has to be gratifying for you and your teammates, too, because as you described it perfectly earlier, you guys went through hell. And I imagine looking back on it now in those years in that season, it has to be pretty gratifying. I mean, look, you could have won 10, 11 games, gone somewhere else or something like that. But to just look back and say, hey, we stabilized this thing and we kept it afloat, that has to be pretty gratifying to look back on. Yeah, it, you know, it is. And it says a lot about, about our character. You know, we we stayed there. We 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 like I said, we went through the gauntlet, and it wasn't easy. 
But you know, we 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 continue to fight and we we form friendships, bonds, and 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 when you look back at the program now, where it is, yeah, the the, uh, the student athletes there now they have a lot of things that we didn't we didn't have. They don't know what we went through to to basically save the program, but um, it's it's gratifying to see now. It really is. How in the world does a seventh round draft pick make the active roster of a team that went to the Super Bowl and went back the next year? <laughs> I mean, I have I have no blueprint for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really I honestly I, I can't tell you for I, I will say this. Um when I got to the NFL, I did uh, learn a lot more about football, how to play it from a um, defensive standpoint. And it is I will say there is a lot, you spend a lot more time in the classroom in the NFL, you know, because there's limited time for mistakes. So you have to know and understand your craft. And and that's one thing that, you know, as I continue to grow as a, as an, as a linebacker, that's something that I really um, took pride in, you know, learning, learning basically the offensive side of the ball. So that I'll know why they're doing certain things. And that helped me. And and I, I would say time in the classroom and just working hard, taking advantage of every practice snap that I that I was awarded and just made the best of it. Denver drafts you in the seventh round. You get to camp that year. It's clearly a different situation than most, given what they were coming off of the season before. At what point throughout that offseason and during that camp did you realize, hey, I might not just be a practice or a, uh, excuse me, training camp body here. I might actually have a shot to make this thing. What was that camp like for you? And when did you kind of realize that it was a real possibility you could make this roster? You know, to be honest, when I got there and I think it was the first day of minicamp and I realized that I was. I was behind the starter. I was the, I was rolling with the with the twos with the with the second group, or as most people say, the second string. <laughs> but that's when I was like, "Wow, okay." Because I was thinking I was going to be like the third or fourth guy on the depth chart, but being the second guy on the depth chart that told me a lot about about um, Denver and Coach Shanahan and what they thought of me as a person and as a linebacker. So I was like, "Okay, I got an opportunity." make the best of it. Don't let it slip. And that's what I did. So, and every, every day, every practice, it was like, okay, you're learning something new, learning something new. And whatever you do, if you make a mistake, it's okay, but don't make the same mistake. <laughs> and that's the mentality I had. And, and, you know, and that's the, that type of mentality is something that I still carry to this day, you know, because it, it, it it bought me a career by having that mentality and and um it, it's afforded me to live a good life now. We'll get back to Nate in just a second, but I wanted to take a quick break to remind you. Podcast is brought to you by Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any other hard beverage you've had before. It is made with real brewed tea and packs of flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. 
Twisted Tea turns up on any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to an unforgettable game day experience. Twisted Tea, the drink that feels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. This podcast is also brought to you by AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I gave AG1 a try because I'm not always the best about eating healthy and I knew my body needed something to fuel it better and give it the nutrients that it needs. And AG1 is great. I take it every day. It has definitely made a difference. You should try it too as well. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to AG, go to drinkag1.com slash MPW. That's drinkag1 slash MPW to check it out today. Back to Nate. When did you find out you make the roster? I love the Hard Knocks episodes where they bring the you know late round draft pick or undrafted free agent in and they kind of tell him he's made the team. Were you just dreading the, hey, coach wants to see you bring your playbook call? What was the moment like when you figure out you made the team? So that that's a real funny story. Um, so what they do is back then they said, well, if you know, we was in our hotel room. And if you if you get a phone call, you know, just stay, stand by your phone. So, OK, they said, well, if you if you don't, you know, you'll get a call by I think it was like three 3 p.m. Uh, mountain time. <laughs> and, and I said, okay. So I stayed in the room until 3 p.m. mountain time. And I called my wife. I said, hey, you know, she was still back in Mississippi. I said, look, don't call me until after 3 p.m. mountain time. Sure enough, she calls me at 2.30 mountain time. You oh, know, God. I dreaded answering the phone. Answer the phone, it was her. I said, look, I told you don't call me. But anyway, she um we hung I hung up from her. And then after that, five minutes later, Coach Pananzio calls. <laughs> now, I didn't know that at the time he had already known that I had made the team. Okay. And I, I told him the situation. He said, okay, okay, well, well, call me after. Call me after. So I looked, I took fell asleep, woke up, it was like five o'clock. And I was like, did I miss a phone call? But I didn't. So I I think we had to go to practice later on that evening. And everyone congratulated me. And um, it was the rest is history. That's an incredible story. And back then, like that's before the days of like cell phones or whatever, I imagine. So when your wife calls, you don't actually know who's calling. You're like, oh, God, who is this? Did I just get cut? Did, you know, did, in a football sense, did I just die here? Like, so you didn't know who was calling when you answered the phone? Exactly. I didn't know who was on the other end. I think when the phone was ringing, I I, I didn't want to answer it. I just started packing my bags, getting ready, wanting to leave. You know? So, but I answered, and and it, unfortunately, it was my wife. So, what was it like stepping into a locker room in a culture like that? Because you could have gone to a bad franchise that had not had success, and things maybe could have turned out a lot different. What was it like stepping into a you know back to back eventual Super Bowl champion locker room and you know franchising culture? Well, you know, I think when I look back on it, I think it was a perfect fit for me, you know, as someone who was still learning football is I walked in the locker room. There was guys like Elway, Terrell Davis, Neil Smith, um, John Mobley, uh, Ray Crockett, uh, Bill Romanowski. I mean, all these guys to see them 
how they went about their business, you know, taught me a lot about football. It wasn't just, you know, all fun and games. You practice, you go back home. No, you, when you come in the office, come to the facility, you're there for at least 10 hours. These guys come in with their backpacks, briefcases, and they had notes, film, and and when they were in, watch them in the classroom is unbelievable. It was unbelievable how they took notes, they asked questions, and they really wanted to, you know, really learn the game plan. And this was every week, every week, even during training camp. These guys went about their business because they wanted to get better and better and 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 win championships. And and I'm telling you that if I would have gone to another uh, franchise. I can't honestly say that my career would have turned out the way it did. First year, you'll go to the Super Bowl and you win it. Where you're like, hey, this NFL thing's easy. I got a Super Bowl ring in year one. <laughs> well, well, I, w- I will say after that, it was it was all about, you know, making money and, yeah. and saving money because, you know, you got the hard part out the way. But then you would, and it make you um, when you really look at it. You think about all the other great. Hall of Fame players that weren't that weren't fortunate enough to get a Super Bowl ring, and yet I have one. So it, it really makes me uh, cherish cherish that. And then you kind of come into your own as a football player after you leave Denver and go to Green Bay, right? You get a big guaranteed contract. You become a real guy. So like you win the Super Bowl. You mentioned the hard parts out of the way, but you kind of really blossomed into what you became as an NFL player in Green Bay, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, I owe a lot of that to to the uh the guys in in Denver you know it was it was unfortunate that they didn't have room for me to really grow as a starter in Green Bay in Denver so um you know I never forget matter of fact I I uh, thanked coach Shanahan last week during our uh, 25th anniversary uh gathering you know about that you know trading me instead of cutting me trading me to Green Bay was one of the best best uh opportunities that I've had in a long time when you were standing on the sidelines pregame for a Super Bowl what is that like was there any party that allowed yourself to reflect back to wow five years ago I'm at Noxaby I'm late bloomer coming to Ole Miss all of a sudden I'm standing on the sidelines at a Super Bowl how the hell did this happen exactly I I was just thinking just sitting there like you got to be kidding me what did I do to deserve this how did this happen you know, how did this happen? Even now, when I reflect back on my career, I'm like, how did, I mean, I, you talk about a guy who played one full year of high school football. How did this happen? You know, a guy that dreaded playing football. How did this happen? And, and you know, once I got to Ole Miss and I was like, okay, well, I'm in it for the long haul now. Let's Let's see what we can get out of it and see how far we can go. You'll have to forgive me. For most of your career, I'm 28, so I was pretty young for the most of the time you were playing football. Your Wikipedia page uh, helped me learn what I might argue is the coolest nickname I've ever heard in sports, Mr. Monday Night. What was it about Monday Night Football? How did you earn that nickname? I saw that, and I was like, that is incredible. Yeah, and what's even more incredible is um, I was given the name by by the great John Madden, and, and, and I guess it's from – you know, I guess making plays on Monday night, but how did it stand out that way? Because I think it was, it has to do a lot with my high school football coach. He used to always say, you know, everybody's going to be watching. There's going to be, you know, he used to always say, what did he say? 
there's going to be an ass on every seat is what he used to always say. You know, this is big time. And that that kind of stayed in my mind. He's like, man, everybody's going to be watching. This is the only show in town. So you got to do something to stand out. And it just it just naturally happened. And and next thing you know, the Mr. Monday Night was born. <laughs> Best defensive player you ever played with in the NFL. Best defensive player. Man, that's hard, dude. Yeah, because you played with a ton. That's why I figured yeah. it'd be a tough question. That's, but I, I will, I will tell you this though. I wouldn't say the best I've played with. I would say one of the best I played with because that's a long list is Al Wilson. Okay. Yeah, when he got to Denver, he and I was like, uh, we was a tandem, especially during uh, mini, uh, uh, preseason. Because he, it was his rookie year, my second year. He was in the middle. I was on the outside, and we wreaked havoc. He taught he taught me a lot. Just you know, seeing how he went about his business, how he played the game. I mean, because of course, when he was at Tennessee, he gave us fits too. But uh, but that guy, he is he was he was an. We'll get back to Nate in just one quick second. But before we do, I want to take a very quick break to remind you. This podcast is brought to you by Caldera. Fall is here, gentlemen, and it's about to get busy during the holidays. Don't let that stop you from sticking to your habits and being the best version of yourself. That's where our friends at Caldera Lab come in. These guys are the best in the skincare game with an easy routine, keeping your face looking pretty no matter your schedule. Plus, what's a better gift than clear skin? Join the other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self and first impression this fall. Plus, it's a great gift. Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skincare made only with top-tier ingredients and clinical trials that found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger-looking experience after using Caldera Lab for a few weeks. And just for your audience, we have an exclusive deal. You're not beating this offer. Use promo code MPW at calderalab.com for 20% off right now. That is promo code MPW for 20% off Caldera Lab right now. Check them out. This podcast is also brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get warm, fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's a number, America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part and you get to take the credit. When it comes to options, Honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-ons to choose from every week. HelloFresh has definitely saved the Rippy household some time. It can be tough to find good quality meals. Kind of a pain in the butt to go to the grocery store. And HelloFresh has removed that problem for us. So you should try today to go to HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW. Use the promo code 50MPW for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Check them out today at HelloFresh.com. Dot com. All right, let's wrap up, Nate. For you, I know you're on the other side of the football, but for most of your NFL career, the quarterback on your team is John Elway or Brett Favre. That's not a bad start into the league. <laughs> what was it like just kind of being around greatness all the time? Wow. It was it was it was like a, I was starstruck for a minute. Yeah, I bet. I bet. When, I when I walked, in Denver, I was starstruck. I really was. You know, I mean, dude, this is John Elway. You know, but when I got to to Green Bay, um, you know, Brett was more he is. I mean, he's he's a homeboy. He's a Mississippi guy. And he's just a guy who um, would, you know, pull up to work with a dead deer 
on the back <laughs> of his truck because he went hunting the morning before practice, you know. So he's just just your everyday guy, just want to have a good time and live life. But that was that was um I mean, I played with some good, I mean, really good quarterbacks when you really look at it. <laughs> you your transition after football can be tough for guys sometimes. And you've had tremendous success outside of football as well, right? Co-founder of a logistics company. What was the transition like out of football? What were kind of some of the lessons football taught you and how to be successful in the business world? Well, the transition, it wasn't, it wasn't hard for me at all. I must admit, because I I kept it simple. I kept my life simple. I, um, I never looked at myself as a celebrity, you know, so that, when I retired, it was easy for me to, to you know, transition into um, just regular citizenship, so to speak. And it took me maybe a couple of years to really figure out what I wanted to do. I, I had a Cold Stone Creamery, and that was <laughs> that lasted what five years, and it was one of my worst investments. But the logistic company and and um, and the uh, all that was was pretty pretty lucrative. I enjoyed it, but but now I'm just living life, taking care of my body, and uh, not trying not to lose the money that I do have. That's my job. <laughs> Always a great mindset. As we wrap up here, you're based out of Atlanta. How often do you make it back to Ole Miss? How closely do you keep up with the program? Kind of just what's your mindset, attitude toward the current state of Ole Miss football? Well, I, I try to get back to, to an Ole Miss game at least once a year. If I get back twice, then that's that's a good year. But I try to get home at least, you know, just sporadic, just you know, two three times a year. And and what, when you look at where the program is now, and you look where where I mean, right now it's it's kind of it, it roller coasters a little bit. And the one thing that I I really would like to see is just consistent, you know, top ten. We're headed that way. But we're not there yet. You know, we we may be a, a couple of um, uh, reserve players away because when you really when you really look at it, your team is only as good as its backup. I've been saying that for years. If you if you don't, because in football you know someone's going to get hurt, and if your backup player isn't as good, then your team is going to suffer. So once we continue to build, and and now it's even harder to have really good reserve players because you have the portal. If right, you and just leave if they're not playing. Yeah, right. If they feel like they should be starting, they're just going to leave. But eventually, this thing is going to it's going to mellow out, you know, once because you have some guys in the portal that are still in the portal and they're learning a hard lesson. So so that's once once that mellow out and we get some really good reserve players that can, you know, play like starters, I really see the program, you know, being consistently top 10. You're coming back this weekend to be honored. Last thing I have for you, I just, I can't imagine that it probably brings back a ton of memories this weekend. If you thought about what it would be like kind of going through the Grove and going back on the field, what would that be like for you? Wow. I haven't, I haven't thought about that, but you know, I'm, it's going to be exciting. I do know that I, I know I'm going to have chill bumps. I'm going to have uh, two of my kids with me. And you say you were 28. I think mine is 29. My oldest okay. is 29. <laughs> so that, that makes me feel pretty old. But but uh, I'm good with that. But it is, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and, and letting the kids really enjoy the Ole Miss atmosphere. 
Awesome. Nate, this is everything I had for you. I really appreciate the time. You snuck us in before a tea time. So really just the people's <laughs> podcast guests. I really appreciate it. This was a ton of fun for me and hit them straight today. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for our show today. Really appreciate Nate's time. Thank you again, as always, to Javon Patterson, Denson Hollis, and the great work they do with former athletes at Ole Miss and the partnership with this podcast. This has been an absolute joy for me and they do tremendous work and I'm just happy to be able to help out in a small way. So We'll have more of that as the season goes on. And we have an awesome guest tomorrow that I have to credit to them as well. Not an athlete, but I think you're going to enjoy it. So stay tuned. We'll be back on Friday.